Hey, before we get on to this new episode, if you're looking to add more science-based tools to your teaching, I want to give you a two-week free trial of the VIP membership. Two weeks, 100% for free. You'll get access to a host of workshops, including ones on sciatica, total knee replacements, uh, tennis elbow, and so much more. Okay, In fact, you'll also get to join live workshops every single month, and I'll provide you research reviews, programming support, tons of Pilates classes, and a host of other resources to help you become the best instructor possible. Go ahead and start your two-week free trial with the link in the show notes, and if you decide it's not for you, no problem. You can cancel at no cost, and you'll just end up getting some free education along the way. But if you love it and you want to keep it, you can do so for as low as $1 per day. You have no risk, and by starting your free trial, you might just expose yourself to the best education of your career. With that said, let's get on to this new episode. Welcome to the Evidence-Based Pilates Podcast with your host, Adam McAtee. This is your home for affordable, science-based education to help Pilates instructors become more confident, skillful, and knowledgeable in their practice, teaching their clients. What we are talking about today is the inevitable gluteus maximus, okay? Um, for those of you that don't know, or I just kind of want to say, like, why am I qualified to have this conversation, right? How can I help you uh, rather than just listening to anybody else? They can probably help you too. Um, I've been teaching Pilates for 14 years. Um, in August 2024, I will be a, a licensed doctor of physical therapy. And I've spent the last three years teaching the Diploma of Clinical Pilates, where I teach Pilates instructors about anatomy and um, rehab. And of course, I am the founder of Evidence-Based Pilates. There, it, there will be an anatomy course coming in 2024, um, but it's on the list. So that's my elevator pitch of like, why should you listen to me? Because I know anatomy and I would like to help you not just memorize anatomy, but understand it because there is a difference between um, like memorizing and actually learning. And that's where that's what I really that's what I really learned at my time uh, that I spent teaching at Breathe Education was how to teach because there's one thing of just sharing information and there's another way of teaching it in a way that's really useful, and um, this will be worth your time if you're interested in learning about the gluteus maximus. Okay, the gluteus uh, maximus, like like our framework is to talk about like where it's located. Right, not in like a super boring way, but like I think we should talk about that because it's weird if we don't. Uh, we're going to talk about what it does. Okay? Then we're going to talk about what are the best exercises for uh, the gluteus maximus. And, and like, sorry, but most of the butt burn in Pilates is actually not from the gluteus maximus due to the butt burn stuff. But we should just know what things are and things aren't. Um, stay safe for that conversation. It's a good one. And then uh, we're also going to talk about like how like how is this like useful for you, right? Because like memorizing anatomy is like cool, but it's it's not really helpful if it's not useful, right? So at the end, we'll talk about how it's useful. All right, so um, 
where is it, right? Where is the gluteus maximus? It's by your butt, right? But then like more specifically, um, we have origins and insertions. I know it's like an eye roll. It's like, ugh, so boring. Don't worry about it, right? That's memorizing anatomy, screw it. Um, but like those are words that exist. Um, if you've ever been confused on what's origin and insertion, origin is closer to the spine and then insertion is away from the spine. And even in, uh, in physical therapy school, no one cared about origin and insertion. We just call them like, like inferior, superior attachment or proximal or distal attachment. There's many ways to say it. It's just where these muscles attached. And the reason why you need to know where muscles attach is because muscles have like, like if we zoom out, like muscles have one job, okay? And that is to shorten. And muscles are going to bring their two attachment points closer together. If you understand that, you can, you can, you will actually learn anatomy. You just need to know where the muscles kind of sort of attach. You're not a surgeon. You don't need to know exactly where you just need to know, like in the ballpark. And then like, you should know what joints that muscle crosses. That tells you what joint it moves, by the way. And then, uh, it's going to bring the origin and insertion closer together. So you just put like one finger on the origin one finger on the insertion, and then do whatever you need to do to bring those two points closer together. That's the action of the muscle. So in terms of uh, the gluteus maximus, okay, if we were to like, if I was studying, I am studying right now to, pra to, pra to um, pass one more exam for the state of California, but um, if I were to just try and pass an exam, what the correct origin for the gluteus maximus is post, is like on the posterior ilium, the sacrum, the coccyx, and the sacrotubercle ligament, right? That's how you memorize anatomy and like you'll learn it for a test and then you'll forget it, right? So the posterior ilium, it like that's, that's like the hip bone, right? The one you can't miss. You put your waist on, you put your hand, like I call them like the love handles, right? It's sorry if that's offensive. Um, and then, you know, you, you push down on it and you run into a bone, you can't miss it. That's your ilium. It just means the back of that somewhere. Don't worry about the exact stuff. It's like back there. And then it just goes down, like basically, it basically goes down in your butt crack, right? It goes to sacrum and coccyx. It goes all the way down. And then the, that sacrotubercle ligament, it's in that area. So it goes from like your hip all the way down, like the inside of your butt. That's where the gluteus maximus, uh, lives. And that's the origin, the part that's closer to the spine. If you don't like that terminology of like hip, love handles, butt crack, fine. It's um, posterior ilium, sacrum, coccyx, and, and the ipsilateral sacrotubercle ligament. If that's your language, go with it. Okay. That's the origin. Now, the insertion's pretty cool, right? Because it actually has two insertion sites, and that plays a role in its actions because those fibers do different things. So, um, 80%, you can like four fifths or most of the fibers, they insert into the iliotibial band. Like the cool kids call it the IT band and then the super cool kids call it ITB. Okay. So most of your gluteus maximus fibers actually go into your IT band, right? So when people have stuff like iliotibial band syndrome, you, we actually strengthen the gluteus maximus because that's going to pull on the IT band, right? And, and if, even if it doesn't do anything, at least you got a stronger butt. Um, I have a whole workshop in the VIP membership on um, iliotibial band syndrome, by the way. So if you work with uh, runners, right, that'll be a good one to, to listen to. 
Um, so that's 80% of the fibers, right? And those tend to be the superior fibers, which are the ones that are mostly on like the ileum and stuff like that. Now there's more fibers and it's technically on like, the, it's technically on something called your gluteal tubercle, right? It just means like a part of the bone that sticks out in your gluteus maximus attaches to it. That's why it's called the gluteal tubercle. So that's located on like the femur, right? The big long bone, we call it your thigh or your leg. Okay, the gluteal tubercle is on the back of the femur and it's close to the hip, right? So it's on the posterior um, aspect, but it's proximal. Okay? It's like right by your IT band. It's super close, right? It's like, you know, they're neighbors kind of thing. So just to recap that, like where is our gluteus maximus located? It is important to know. You don't need to know the exact name of the tubercle. You just need to kind of sort of know where it's at. Okay. In the layman's terms, like the terms that your clients would understand, right? It's like on like the origin, okay? It starts on the back of the, the hip, we'll just call it the hip, and it goes down towards like where your butt crack is at. That's that's where that's where it's at. Okay, that's the origin. And then the insertion is like the side of the thigh, right? Upper thigh on the side and on the back. In like academia or professional conversation, the origin is on the posterior ilium, the, sac the posterior sacrum, uh, the coccyx, um, and the sacral, the ipsilateral sacrotubercle ligament. Ipsilateral means same side, so the same side ligament. The insertion, 80% of the fibers go into your iliotibial band and 20% go into the gluteal tubercle. Okay. Most people do like a, they get cross-eyed when we start talking too much anatomy. Shout out to all of you. Uh, same here. I know like a shit ton of anatomy, but I still get a little cross-eyed because it's, it's a lot of words. So that's where it's at right now. What does it do? All you have to do is put your fingers there, right? Uh, like on one on the origin, one on the insertion, and then that's what it does, right? So if you put like one finger, like where you think like the start of your IT band is, right? You can think like, you know, if you find like the um, greater trochanter, right, you can just go a little lower than that. Okay? And that's fine. Okay, like somewhere around there in the ballpark. And then you put your other finger on like the back of your hip, right, we'll call it your hip bone, top of the ilium. Uh, just put those two points closer together. Abduction, right? You can also say external rotation. You can also say like hip extension. Right, especially if you put like your finger on like your sacrum and then your finger on the back of the thigh, right? Because the sacral fibers a lot of times go, or most of them go to the gluteal tubercle as the back of the thigh. That if you bring those two points closer together, the back of your thigh closer to your sacrum, you're going to get uh, the lateral rotation and you're, you're also going to get hip extension. Okay. But what's actually really interesting, okay, or, or let, let me back up. The primary, okay, the primary actions of your gluteus maximus, hip extension, lateral rotation. It means like it turns out and it brings your leg back. That's like glute city. That's how you get it stronger. Like do that, do that stuff. The other stuff's kind of good to know. Um, it also does abduction. Okay, that means your leg goes to the side, like side, like side splits on the reformer. Your legs go to the side. That's abduction. If you ever get confused with abduction and adduction, by the way, I, I learned it. I don't know why this worked. You know how you learn things in like super weird ways. My weird way was that 
abduction goes away from my abs, like ab abs abduction. I don't know if that helps. Cool. If not, don't worry about it. What's also really cool is your gluteus maximus is an adductor. No one talks about that. You'll never see it in a textbook, but I promise you that it's true. Okay. Here's how you confirm it. So you're not like, wow, this guy is full of crap. No, right? This is how you actually understand anatomy instead of just memorize it. Because if you memorize it, you'll never know it's an adductor, but it is. Okay. You put your finger, right? On like, you know, your gluteal fold. That's like, we call it the thut where the thigh meets the butt, whatever you call it, right? Let me know on Instagram or something. Um, you put your finger there, right? By the gluteal fold, but to the side. You'll feel the lower fibers of your gluteus maximus. Then you go ahead and you send your leg back behind you, right? And you'll confirm. You confirm that it's on because with muscles, you can confirm it because they get tense, right? It'll, it'll like punch your finger. But then if you bring your leg back and to the middle, that's hip extension, hip adduction, you'll feel it continue to go on. Because in hip extension, your um, inferior fibers, the 20% that go into the gluteal tubercle are actually adductors. Isn't that cool? Right? Yeah. Anatomy is awesome. That's where it's like, you, like, cool thing about anatomy is you always have the answers on you, right? Like, like, we're literally, we're talking about the stuff that's inside your skin. Like, the answers are in you, literally. Okay. So, what does the gluteus uh, maximus do? Okay, like you can get more nuanced than that, by the way, you can say like technically when you're in like super deep hip flexion that it's a hip flexor, but that's not useful in any way, shape or form. Um, when I make the anatomy course, I'll elaborate on that, but I'll spare you on that right now. So the gluteus maximus is primarily a hip extensor and lateral rotator. That means it brings your leg behind you and it rotates the leg away from the middle of the body. Then it's also an abductor, okay, more so an abductor than an adductor. Okay? So it brings your leg both ways. In, in order of like what it really does, like number one is like it brings your leg back. Number two, it spins your leg to the side. That's lateral rotation. Number three, it's an abductor. So it brings your leg to the side, like side splits. And then number three, it's an AD doctor, particularly when it's in hip extension. Um, so that's what it does. Okay. So we've gone over like, where is it? What does it do? And now we'll talk about like exercises and stuff. And the truth of the matter is that honestly, most of like the butt burn exercises um, in Pilates aren't primarily gluteus maximus. They're usually a lot of like, Gluteus medius. Anytime you're working gluteus medius, you're also working gluteus minimus. I'll do an episode on that muscle too. Um, and of course, it'll be in the course when it comes out. And you're also working like the deep rotators. You have like your six deep rotators, like piriformis, gemellus inferior, gemellus uh, superior, so on and so forth. So you're working all those muscles, which are super healthy. But it's good to know that like, it's actually like we don't really do great glute max exercises. Hey, 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 before you're like, like offended, hear me out, right? You're doing good stuff. And that's why this is cool. Cause it's like, Ooh, we can do even better. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. My only ask of you as a listener is to leave a five star review. 
Leaving a review helps this podcast grow and have a greater influence on the Pilates industry. I do this 100% for free. I do not and will never accept advertisements on this podcast. It is 100% for free. And you can go ahead and make a huge difference and allow this to grow by leaving a five-star review. The best exercises, okay? The best exercises, and I'm going to let you know, this isn't just Adam's opinion, right? Like me, because Jennifer, my 9 a.m. said that was such a good butt exercise. No, that's not what evidence-based Pilates is about, okay? That's valuable, right? Like your, your client's feedback is freaking awesome. The best exercises, according to a research paper titled, A Literature Review of Studies Evaluating Gluteus Maximus and Gluteus Medius Activation During Rehab Exercises. Okay, they looked at all the literature on like, what are the best exercises for glute max and glute medius? Okay, for glute max, because that, that's what we're talking about. Okay, the best exercises are forward step ups, single leg deadlifts, single leg squats. Their bridges were really crap. They sucked at glutes. It was like, I, I forget the number. It was like 15 out of 20 or something like that. Like it was really bad. Um, so I, we'll talk about bridges in a second. You just need to load it more. Um, and then uh, like sidekicks, like I think they call them like sideline abduction or something. They were pretty crap too at glute max, which makes sense. Okay, here's the thing with sidekicks. So sidekicks, please teach them. Teach them. They're great. I, I, when I go to class, I would be happy to do sidekicks, but I'm just not um, fooled that it's for my glute max. It's for all kinds of other things. Keep teaching them. When we're talking about glute max, like keeping it real as in, um, you know, like what's actually happening under the skin, you're, you're on your side, you're bringing your leg forward and back, right? You're moving air in that direction. What the load is in that exercise is gravity. You're on your side, your legs in front of you, right? Gravity's pressing down. So it's loading hip abduction. That's why you feel it on the side of your butt, right? So that's, that's where really understanding anatomy is helpful because you understand like where not like, like where the muscles are, what they do. And then you also need to understand how it's being loaded because it has to, like the muscles going to fire opposite to the load. So the load for gravity is always going down. So it's loading muscles that are trying to bring my leg up, but I'm on my side. So up when I'm on my side means abduction. Oh shit. All right. That was a lot. Sorry. So let's get nerdy. Okay. So we're on our side. When you press your leg up to the side, yes, there is some glute max activity, but it's like, it's, it's like it's third best role. And you know, what's really good at abduction, like glute medius, glute minimus, okay, a little bit of piriformis, maybe some deep rotators. There's a lot of other things that are happening. So it's not that you're not getting any gluteus maximus activity. It's that it's just not the best one, but keep teaching sidekicks, same. Um, very similar with uh, like side splits, right? You'll feel it on the side of the butt. You'll get some glute max activity, but you're probably going to fatigue out like medius, minimus, things of that nature. Because the three best exercises for gluteus maximus are forward step ups, single leg deadlifts, single leg squats. A forward step up. The 
when we're thinking when they're saying forward step up, they're not really talking like stand on a long box. That's really low. Okay. In single leg squats, it's like ass to grass, right? It's like get really low. So really good glute max exercises gets you into deep hip flexion to start. And then you go all the way to hip extension or as far as you can, right? Sometimes it's just hip neutral, like a forward step up. You would go to hip neutral, single leg squat. You would really just go to hip neutral, which is interesting. Um, so with that, on a forward step up, it's like put a box on top of the reformer and then step on it. I don't know. It always depends on the person, right? Because some people are not going to get the leg up there. So you just use the reformer, right? Whatever it is. But it's like, like get the leg in as much hip flexion as possible, then step up, right? And then I, like, I hear you, those in the back that are raising their hand and they're like, I teach Wonder Chair. I love Wonder Chair. I just filmed a class. We just started doing VIP, um, Wonder Chair classes in the VIP membership, right? They're freaking awesome. I love it. Um, well, I kind of love it. They're hard. I have to film it. They're hard, right? Well, we love it. Uh, you know how it goes. So like with forward, but we do have step ups on the one to chair, right? Um, they're awesome. Okay. Now, here's the thing is that for the one to chair, the pedal makes a step up easier. It's literally the easiest step up you can create. Um, meaning that you, I, I know you can taper springs. I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. Okay. I'm just explaining. So the pedal is going up, right? And now for the pedal to be going up and you're stepping on it for a step up, it's making going up easier than just going up with your body weight. When we're talking forward step ups for glute max activity, it always depends on someone's fitness level. But when I like when I personally do it and I'm just like a dude who exercises, I'm not that strong. Okay. I'm holding heavy kettlebells. And I'm stepping up. I'm not having anything help me get up. I'm having heavy shit try to pull me down. Okay. I'm holding like 120 pounds to get up. Okay. Like, like that's like 120 pounds trying to pull me down and I'm trying to get up. It's like that freaking heavy. Okay. So like glute max is, it is an efficient muscle. Okay. And I think of it kind of like the, um, like the owner of a restaurant. Right. So when you walk in, okay, when you walk into like a restaurant, there's like the um, like the hostess is usually the first person. They take your name. Hopefully there's no wait. You can just go right in. Right. And so let's say you go in and then um, like like the, the waiter or waitress uh, brings you to your table and they and they serve you. Maybe you see a manager. Right. And, and so in with this, they can get the job done. Right. But if you complain, like if you complain and you're like, I'm going to leave an awful review. Let me talk to your manager. And then you talk to the manager and the manager like can't handle it. You know, the manager's going to go yet. The one above them, the freaking owner. And that's kind of what the glute is like. The gluteus maximus is like the owner of the restaurant. Hear me out. So we have bridges, right? Bridges, like, like let's say body weight bridges on the reformer, let's say two springs on, like not, I know we can do half a spring, it's more hamstrings though. Um, so let's just say we do that, right? And we go up and we go down and we're like, oh, we're going to get the glutes. You might, probably not though. That's why you have to ask them to turn on. If a muscle is, okay, for sidebar, like if, if you have to ask a muscle to turn on, you don't have a muscle problem, you have an exercise problem. Like you, you don't have to tell your abs to turn on during the hundred. You ain't got a choice. Okay. 
So we need to manipulate this where the glutes don't have a choice because in the bridge, like your hamstring, like your gastroc, maybe a little adductor magnus, they can handle that bridge. They don't need, you know, they don't need the owner of the restaurant to come out here for this customer. Okay. The gluteus maximus doesn't have to turn on. That's why it doesn't. But maybe if you go to like a single leg, right? Maybe we start to get some glute max activity. And then maybe you put something that's like heavy as shit on your waist, right? Like a kettlebell. Then you'll definitely get some glute activity because now it's becoming more demanding. So with this, my point here is that with these exercises, we want to consider what's the, what's like the main action of the muscle. Oh, it's hip extension, uh, lateral rotation. So we want to do exercises that load that hip extension and or lateral rotation, a forward step up. If you start in deep hip flexion, the only way you can go is hip extension. <laughs> like that's where you're going. Cause you're in deep hip flexion. So you do that and you hold something really heavy. Okay. Uh, if possible, sometimes we don't have it. We don't have it. Right. Or maybe our, our client's fitness level is like, they're nothing like, you know, like us or whatever. Uh, like, like they're just getting into fitness. Body weight could be fine. Right. But we should load it. If we're really looking to get the muscles stronger. So you've got to do a muscle, uh, like how to get stronger episode. Um, if we are doing that, we should have enough load. Like you definitely can't do more than 15, right? Or even like less than that would be even better. A single leg squat, same thing, right? So you can do squats where you start from sitting or you can do them where you're, you start from standing. Usually when we start from sitting, we now call it a sit to stand, right? But it's a squat. So a single leg squat just means you're bent, you're like you're only standing on one leg, you bend the leg, you straighten the leg. One leg squat or single leg squat. A way that you can like get this done on a reformer is that you have them sit at the edge of the bed, right? Like you would change a spring. So you sit at the end of the bed, you float one leg off, then you stand up and you sit down, right? That's a great way to do it unless that's too easy, then you can have them stand just on the mat. And, and so part of this, the glutes going to work just to stabilize like your, your deep rotators and your glute medias and all that will work too. But your glute max will also work just to stabilize, right? Cause two of the exercises in the, on the top three that I listed, um, they're single leg balances. Okay. So your glute has to work just to balance, and then it's going to work to do the movement. So in a single leg squat, Let's say you are standing and you're standing on one leg. Muscles around your hip have to contract to promote stability. Why? So you don't fall. So we're going to assume that we haven't fallen, right? So something's keeping you up. You're only standing on one leg. So the muscles around the leg are working, including your glute max. Then you're bending your leg, right? So as you're bending your leg, you're going, to, going into hip flexion. But you don't fall, right? You go slower than falling. Because you're going slower than falling, you're doing what's called an eccentric contraction. There's a whole episode on that and a whole workshop on taking advantage of eccentric contractions in the membership. So as you're going down, you're resisting hip flexion. That's working your glute max eccentrically. That is uh, meaning that it's 
trying to shorten, but it's actually getting longer because your glute max is the hip extensor. So you go all the way down, you're resisting hip flexion. You go as low as you can. You're trying not to wobble too much, but you're human. So you're wobbling a little bit. Your glute is also working to stabilize um, the femur in the hip socket, your acetabulum. Then you have to get up. So when you go, when you go all the way down in your single leg squat, you're in deep hip flexion, right? The glute is stretched. Then you get up. And when you get up, it's shortening, right? It's pulling, it's insertion closer to the origin. It's creating hip extension to come up. Boom. That is a single leg squat. I over-explained it. Sorry, I know it's audio, so I'm doing my best. Um, but with that, like forward step up and single leg squat is a really similar mechanism. It's deep hip flexion. And then you get up and you kind of just go to like neutral, right? Because you're not really bringing your leg behind you. Now, um, there's also a single leg deadlift, which is pretty freaking cool, right? So instead of in a single leg deadlift, sometimes we call it like tippy birds, but in Pilates, we tend to like do this body weight or like with like highlighter weights. And I'm not, it's not a knock, it's a reality. And so while accepting that reality, I want to open our mind to like your glute max is one of the most powerful muscles in your body. If anything needs load, it's glute max. So this is an exercise that you should do like heavy freaking weights if you have them available. Or, um, you know, there's ways you can do it on the reformer too. But with this, a single leg deadlift, it means you're standing on one leg, not falling, right? So assuming we haven't fallen, you hip hinge forward. That means that your trunk, right, your ribs and stuff, they go forward. And your pelvis is doing what's called an anterior tilt that tilts forward. Your right leg is straight or as straight as your anatomy is going to allow it to be. You go as far as you can. You stretch, right? You'll probably get like a hamstring stretch. Then you come back up. Okay? So as you hinge forward, you're again in hip flexion. You just brought your trunk forward this time. And then you have to um, extend at the hip to get back up meaning that your pelvis, uh, we start in like, let's just say like pelvic neutral, then you hinge forward, your pelvis tilted anteriorly, then you go from an anterior tilt back up to neutral. It's just like um, hip extension, but backwards. Okay? You're moving the pelvis instead of the leg, but you're also trying not to fall the whole time. You know how you like, you, you do it and you're like, oh my God, I'm wobbling, right? Uh, oh, I'm, I've been there. Okay. So, so like, that's what's going on in the exercise, right? We're loading the hip, we're going into deep hip flexion, and then we're coming out of it. When you go from deep hip flexion, you come out of it, that is hip extension. Hip extension is not a, it can be a position, but we're really talking about the movement of hip extension. It just means it's extending. Okay. So what was also really interesting in the study was that they did different lunges, right? So they looked at different lunges and the lunges that worked glutes more, which is really helpful because we do a bunch of lunges, right? In Pilates, like maybe you don't want to change your exercises, but maybe you can tweak one or two things in an exercise, right? And you can make it useful for your teaching. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk, talk about how you can make this useful for your teaching. So lunges, right? So for lunges, you can have your trunk in many positions. I mean, you can have it in like whatever angle. You can be like vertical or you can hinge forward. You can hinge forward 5%, 10%, 50%. You can get as nuanced as you want. But let's just say like you have two choices. You can either like um, stay vertical 
and just lunge down, right? Meaning that your, your chest is vertical, right? All of the neutral spine people would be super happy. And then uh, you, you go down and you go up. Um, let's just stay on the mat, right? You're going down, you're going up. And then if you can also hinge forward, let's say to a horizontal, right? That's like 90 degrees. So you do a lunge and you hinge forward. Then when you stand up, you get vertical again. So your, your trunk is hinging. Every time you go, every time your legs bend and you go down, you hinge forward. Every time your legs straighten, you come back up. They found that gluteus maximus activity is increased when you hip hinge forward, which makes sense. It's a similar mechanism of a forward step up, single leg deadlift or single leg squats. You go into deeper hip flexion. It's a subtle thing. Okay? So if you are trying to get more gluteus maximus activity out of a lunge, well, one, load it. And then two, let's say like within the same load, just have your class hinge forward and then have them come up to vertical. So every time they go down to the floor, they hinge forward, right? Every time they come up, right, they straighten their legs, they go ahead and they get their chest vertical again. Just that subtle thing will work the glute max more. Okay, on the front leg, by the way, it's the front leg. Now, another thing would be, I'll leave you with one more. Okay, we'll talk about bridges, right? I'm not an anti-bridge person. I'm just an anti-misinformation person. So bridges are really good at working your hamstrings and stretching your rectus femoris. That's why we feel our quads in a bridge, because when you go up, you're stretching the rectus femoris more. It's a two-joint It's a two joint muscle on your front side. So outside of that, because this is a different thing, but let's say you're, like you're going up, a lot of times it's like a hamstring exercise. That's why people get cramps there because they're working. Now, if we wanted to make it more gluteal focused, there are a couple things you can do. One, you can just turn your legs out. So now you're in lateral rotation and abduction. Sometimes we call it like a butterfly bridge. So we just position the femur differently. So as you, cause in a bridge, regardless of where like the angle of the femur in a bridge, you start in like, you know, maybe, maybe 90 degrees hip flexion, something like that. And then you go up to like neutral or, or however, you know, far your rectus femoris is going to let you go. So, so you do that, right? So we're getting like 90 degrees hip extension and it's okay. It's just not a lot of load because you don't even have your body weight um, on your, on your uh, waist because your chest is down. So uh, with that, you can also, you can just, if you just like maybe brought your feet wider or brought the knees wider, maybe you could bring your feet together, knees wider. There's so many ways to do it. But somehow you created lateral rotation and abduction at the hip. Now, when you go up in your bridge, you're going, you are in lateral rotation, hip, uh, lateral rotation, abduction and hip extension. You're doing multiple actions of the glute max, it's going to get more activity there. If you want to load it, by the way, you just put something heavy on your waist or you wrap a thoroughband around your waist, some kind of force that's trying to bring your butt down. Now, last thing is like, you can also do what's called a hip thrust, less common in Pilates, super common in exercise elsewhere, uh, like at the gym and stuff. So uh, a hip thrust, you know where you start? Full hip flexion. You know where you go? hip extension. It's a great glute exercise just by that. So you can have like your back 
on some kind of elevated surface. It could be a box. It could be the edge of the reformer. It could be the edge of Cadillac, whatever. So you have your back there, like where like the bra line goes, mid thoracic. Um, you can hands or wherever. And then you just have your legs bent on the floor and you bring your hips down as much as you go. Kind of, you see, so you're kind of in the shape of like a semicircle on the reformer. You just let your butt go down. Okay. You go down as far as you can and then you go up and you go back down. It's really, it's really that simple. Okay. You just go down and up. Now with that, you can do all the same things. You can do single leg, right? That would get more glute activity, right? Cause you're on one leg. It's more load. It's going to have to work to stabilize a little bit. You could turn the legs out a little bit. Okay. You would get a lateral rot rotation and you get abduction. So with that, like, to, like, these are just like simple things you can do to get more gluteal activity. Not that you need to, but it's helpful if you're like, I want to, that you know how to do so. And, and I hope that this episode has been useful um, for, for your knowledge and, and for your ability to teach Pilates in a way that is authentic to you and helpful to your clients. And that this is a nice demonstration of how we can really understand anatomy. And when I say understand it, uh, you can create a picture in your mind and, and know that like, like, you know, the actions of the muscle because you just know, like kind of sort of where the origin is and kind of sort of where the insertion is. And you just bring those two points closer together. Then like, that's cool. But then also I wanted to give you some exercises, like one, some literature and exercises with that. And then two um, ways that you can manipulate your teaching really subtle ways uh, to get more gluteal activity. With that said, I hope you have an incredible um, rest of your day. I would love to work with you in the VIP membership. You can use the link in the show notes to get your two-week free trial today and have an incredible rest of your day.